Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. And with 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy. Dot com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in and watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Harry Potter or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. Because we've got some controversy on our hands, this is MuggleCast episode 118 for November 3rd, 2007. We're going to start the show this week with a uh, new segment here on the show. It's called Listener, Please Stop Listening to Our Show Email of the Week. <laughs> uh, this is a brand new segment. It may be the last time, or, you know, it, c- it could be the first of many. Anyway, this is from Alex P. of Fresno, California, age 16. Keep that in mind for when we get to the email part. Ah, heard of us through iTunes. The subject is Gay Dumbledore equals bad. Her message, on episode 117, you were talking about how Dumbledore is gay. I was extremely disappointed when I found out. You guys were saying that people that were opposed to that were immature or needed to get more open-minded. It's really not right to say that someone who does not support gay people needs to grow up. People are entitled to their own decisions, but that was a bad decision on Dumbledore's part. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. It should have said, but that was a decision on your part. (laughs) Anyway, she made it worse than it already is. She goes on to say, Homosexuality is morally wrong. There's a reason that gay couples can't have children. It is against nature. Gay equals bad, evil, perverted. End of email. Um, anyone else want to respond to this first? Well, gay people can have children. They just adopt them. Yeah. Yes. And I would like to hear what you think about um, sterile couples, sterile hom- uh, heterosexual couples. Apparently, people who can't have children are evil and perverted. No, no, no. So, they're just against nature. Oh, okay. <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Uh, so uh, thank you, Alex, for that email. And uh, listener, please stop listening to our show. I'm Andrew Sims. <laughs> I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Laura Thompson.
Micah Tannenbaum is in the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey, Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. Casting for extras in the sixth Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, took place recently, where many young students lined up before the casting team. Marketing manager Sharon Bird said, The whole experience becomes a huge part of school life, and children really enjoy being a part of what is probably the biggest movie series in history. During the first 48 hours of its release, the French translation of Deathly Hollows sold 1.15 million copies. This breaks the previous record of 800,000 set by Half-Blood Prince. J.K. Rowling updated the new section of her official site on Wednesday, saying that she could not approve of companion books or encyclopedias to her series. The Harry Potter author Ed Warner Brothers filed suit in the Manhattan court against the Harry Potter lexicon owner, Steve Vander Ark, and several defendants for publishing an unofficial encyclopedic companion to the Harry Potter series, saying it infringes copyright and attempts to cash in on the successful brand. The Harry Potter lexicon is slated to be released by RDR Books on November 28th. Roger Rappaport, the publisher and owner of RDR Books, said the companion novel only promotes the sale of J.K. Rowling's work and we intend to publish on schedule as planned. In addition to being able to view past Wizards of the Month and door openings as well as a few new prizes, another update was made to J.K. Rowling's official website in which it was announced in the news section that not only has Joe written the tales of Beetle the Bard, the book of fairy tales mentioned in Deathly Hollows, but also that the seventh of these rare handwritten items will be auctioned for charity. The charity that Joe has selected is The Children's Voice, and the book will have a starting price of £30,000. Finally, Equus, the West End play starring Potter stars Dan Radcliffe and Richard Griffiths, is coming to Broadway in September of 2008. The production was rumored to move over to the United States, but some wondered if Dan would be able to do it because of his Half-Blood Prince filming schedule. The Daily Mail also has an article on the story and notes that rehearsals are set to begin in August. That is all the news for this November 3rd, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right. Thank you, Micah. Uh, A few interesting news stories to discuss this week. First of all, it was announced Friday. Good news for all you Dan Radcliffe fans in the New England area. Dan Radcliffe and Richard Griffiths are coming to Broadway for Equus. Now, doesn't that, now yeah, here, I have a question. Okay. Would you, wouldn't you feel insanely disappointed if you found out that they were coming to Broadway for Equus and you had spent hundreds of dollars to fly to England and see it when it first came out? <laughs> well, well, no. <laughs> On the West I mean, End. Un- unless... I mean, I would, I would feel incredibly stupid. To be honest, I did not think of that at all when I read this story. I was happy for Dan, and I'm I'm still happy that I went to England, because we did that podcast for fans, too. I think that was the same yeah, time that yeah, I, I was out was there. Too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so what are you saying, Laura? Those fans didn't deserve uh, the first ever live England muggle cast? Okay, you can't make inferences like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I would never say anything but like I'm that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just digging at you. I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, okay. Well, no, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm glad I went to see it in England because it's the West End. It's a very cool place to see, and it, it was one of the, it wasn't one of the first shows, but it was, you know, the first time they were putting on that, uh, that play with Dan. Yeah, so you so, were one of the. I thought it was worth it. No, if, if you went and saw Dan in England, you were one of the sort of 
the upper echelon, the, the first couple million fans who saw him naked, and and now so all the yeah. all all right. the New Englanders, they're just getting sort of uh, what's left of Dan after so many prying eyes, you know, sloppy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seconds. I'm, I'm going to be like, whenever someone goes and sees it up in New York, and they're like, oh my god, I saw it. I'm going to be like, Psh, that was so last March. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, but... um. So, uh, is anybody going to go see it? Yeah, I will. Are you going to go see it again, Andrew? Uh, I'll see it again, yeah. I mean, it's in New York City. Like, that, that'd be stupid if I didn't go. Laura, would you see it now that you're in yeah, this Yeah, absolutely. Area? I'd love to go up and see yeah. it. And Richard Griffiths. I'm, I'm glad that Richard Griffiths is also coming back because I've heard amazing He's things. He's worth He's it. He's totally, I mean, just from yeah. what I said. And he was in um, also, guys, The History Boys. Are you guys familiar with that play? Yes. Yes, he He's really good in that as well, and I mean, I haven't seen him in much, but I've seen him in that as well, and it's just, I really like Richard Griffiths. I think he's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, there are a couple issues uh, this raises. First of all, personally, I think the American audience is going to be a lot younger, for starters. Mm. I mean, I honestly mm. think there's going to be a lot of teenage Harry Potter fans showing up for this play, uh, especially the first couple of weeks. I just think it's going to be primarily, maybe not primarily, but it may be close to the majority of disagree, people Andrew. who attend will be Harry Potter fans. Just because, like, I think the 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 fangirls here are different. They'd be more into making sure they go see that. You disagree, Erica? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, just look at the amount of people who came to New York, even though they weren't getting into the reading in October. You know, yeah. Just like, and you look at all the groups of people on Facebook who are like, I'm going to go to New York for this random event, even though I'm not getting in. Yeah. So it just wouldn't surprise me if all these people that we know <laughs> get together and just fill up a Broadway theater. Well, right. Andrew, you, you've seen the, you've <laughs> the, seen the show. So do you, would you say it's like a, um, I don't know, I'm going to say coming of age tale because that's sort of like December boys, but, but it, is it like, I mean, it's, 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 it's dark. It's a dark. Play, it right? is very dark. Yeah, I think once people actually get in and see it, and they they feel the mood of the play, they may not go like when Dan comes out. They may not be like, "Oh my God, Dan!" You know, they'll they'll treat it. Uh, they'll treat it like art. as an adult. They'll, they'll be adults, <laughs> and they won't like scream when Dan takes his pants off. They're you know, stuff like do. that. Because yeah. it is a very serious play, and I think they will look at it that way. So, I mean, if they're intelligent enough to take the serious stones with it, then. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. like it's not the, like the easiest thing just to waltz in and see a Broadway show. It does cost a bit of money. You have to know where to go to sort of get the yeah, seats. And... The Ticketmaster, or you know. Oh yeah, like yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I, I mean, I, like I, like I said, I would see it even if I think even if Dan Radcliffe. Well, no, I I just I was going to say that if Dan Radcliffe weren't coming to Broadway, but Richard Griffiths was, I still might go see it. But then it'd be somebody else like just getting naked, and I'd be like, okay, that's kind of creepy. So yeah, mm-hmm. never mind. Well, um, one other issue I think this raises is Half-Blood Prince is released November 21st. So if this is starting on Broadway sometime in September and the film is supposed to come out two months later, how long is Equus actually going to be running? (laughs) I mean, it could only be for like a month. But some Broadway shows go forever. So are you saying? Well, I, you know? well this I think isn't maybe... so much a show. It's 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 not like a musical in that sense. It, yeah, so but saying... I mean, a lot doesn't a, stuff doesn't just come and go there, does no, it? it? No, no, I don't think so. But there's gonna have to be a a break of at least a few weeks because Dan's gonna have to go back over to London for the premiere. He's gonna have to probably go to L.A. for the premiere. Although maybe since he's. Uh, 
Do you th- do you think uh, the premier's location, the U.S. premier's location, would be influenced at all by Dan being in New York well, City I, in I the first place? Could be. I think. He'll... And I mean, they're usually in New York. It was a little bit odd that they did it in L.A. this last time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, they did a lot of things differently this this year, but they had they did have the Chamber of Secrets premiere in L.A. If I'm correct. If you, I felt like they did two premieres, or maybe it wasn't for Chamber. I just felt like they did. One in New York and one in LA for Chamber of Secrets. Maybe they did. I don't remember. Were you gonna say something? But I, but, oh, sorry. but you are right about that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe I guess I guess they can take a break a few a break of a few weeks and then go back into it. But then you gotta wonder. I mean, isn't Dan gonna want a break after the movie comes out? No, I mean, no, no, He's no, gonna no, be busy I, doing I all think that press. At this point, he's he's a trained actor. He's done it on Equus. Why would he even say yes to doing it on Broadway if he wasn't ready for sort of doing it six months, you know, on end? I mean, what they usually do, and I guess on Broadway is they have like stand-in actors. They'll have um, understudies that that will come up and and sort of do the role if he's gone. And if you think oh, about that's it, true. if they time it correctly. I mean, so the show itself won't come to a halt, you know, just because Dan has to go to world premieres. He'll just miss, uh, you know, certain certain showings of it, and people will just know to stay away if they if they don't want to to um not see him. Yeah. Can you imagine how bad that would suck if you went with the expectation of seeing Dan and you just booked your tickets? Well, didn't that happen to Leaky? The they you were didn't going? see Richard Griffiths or something. Somebody had an understudy that was going. Oh in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When Melissa and John went, they didn't see they didn't see Richard Griffiths. And that's upsetting. Um, for the record, to clear something up real quick, you're right, Laura. They they did have a New York and Los Angeles premiere for Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, because I almost oh. won the uh, be on the red carpet thing for that. That was cool. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, Kids WB, the t- the television oh, channel. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I did you have to watch getting... like Pokemon and wait for the secret code. You do. Code and you win. did. You wait for the code. Yeah, and... I knew it. <laughs> yeah, and I got a poster out of it. I did want to win a promo poster, but cool, that was worth it. Yeah. Some some eight year old won the won the actual prize. So yeah, so that's Jerk. that's it with that. I get, we'll continue updating everyone with more developments. I mean, the, I guess the only other news we're going to wait to hear is exactly what Dan Radcliffe's plans are going to be, especially around the Half Blood Prince movie release, and also um, what uh, where, where are the plays actually going to be? Which theater? I mean, it's also worth noting. I guess this means that filming is going to be done by, by, early August at the very latest, because Dan's going to be in the United States come August for rehearsals. Well, filming only takes about four months, maybe. No, it's longer Doesn't than that. No, isn't on it? these it's a lot longer. They said it's like eleven months. Yeah, oh, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, um, it, I know Natalie Tina, Tina, yeah, Nymph- Nymphadora Thomas, and all, like sort of uh, and Lupin and all of them are re- re- filming in November of this year, though. So this month, well, yeah, is when they're going. But I mean, Dan, Dan's everywhere, so it has to. He, he has yeah, to yeah, be here to film. Yeah. So that's interesting. That is great news because it has been a rumor for a while, and I'm sure all the fan girls are looking forward to that. I know I am. I'm not really. I mean, whatever. I'll, I'll get a ticket if you guys want to go. I'm not going to make yeah. a special okay. priority. And... Yeah, sure. And then next thing you know, you you will be. So. Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll probably go. It'll be fun. Yeah, we should all go together. Yeah, use it as yeah, we could talk about it on the podcast all over again. Um, we can talk about it on the podcast again. Like you know, uh, Jamie yeah. and I already reviewed it. Yeah, we'll do a podcast. So, uh, in other news, now there there were quite a, there were some good stories this week. I like this uh, the news week. 
Um, something sort of depressing, I guess. There are no more Wizards of the Month on jkrolling.com. Or at least it can be assumed because the calendar on jkrolling.com, which was for the past, oh god, since the site started, uh, it's been yeah. over two years now. Maybe over three. It was like, I think there's 42 Wizards total. Uh, so for the past 42 months, um, there's been Wizards now. It's replaced with a Wizard of the Month archive, and you can go through all of them and, you know, see all the pictures and descriptions. Uh, um, so, I, I, we had talked last month, we wondered, you know, now we're up to Harry Potter, what wizard could come after Harry Potter, you know, being featured as Wizard of the Month, and that explains it. No wizard can come after uh-huh. Harry Potter. So, and. Uh, now we are without Wizard of the Month on jkrowling.com. You know what I wonder? I mean, it did go into archive mode. Did she ever do, like, any other characters, like Ron and Hermione? No. On those? I just, I don't know. I figured she would have done them. Well, for those of you uh, who are MuggleNet savvy, you will know that we've always had a Wizard of the Month archive up on MuggleNet. I've been maintaining that section since, like, I started... I joined on a muggle, and that was like my big thing. I was like, Emerson, I have an idea. Let's make a jkrowling.com info section. Emerson was like, great idea. Do it. So I did it. And, <laughs> you know. Well, we, sh- we should all share our stories about how we got hired sometime. That could be interesting. Yeah. Well, we might as well this show, because like, it's not. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing going well, on. Um, and then there's also a rumor requirements archive up now. <laughs> so, I, those are two big parts of the site that are now gone and I guess so does, does this mean that I can uh, can take the wombats no I, I think uh, the wombats are uh, long gone too I don't think you're gonna have any luck uh, doing that but hey um, hmm. let's see there's some other news yeah, there's, there's another, another book, book and out. someone I am, my friend back here at home the other day, I mean, it was like, see, she's doing an eighth book. It's like, no, no. J.K. Rowling is going to auction The Tales of Beetle the Bard. It was, of course, it was in uh, Deathly Hollows, and now she's, she like, she hand wrote it, um, and she drew her own sketches and such inside of it. So it's gonna be quite the collector's item. Of course, there's only gonna, uh, like, okay, maybe, I'm a little confused about this whole story. Are there seven, are there seven of these books? It's the same yes. thing. They all have the same stories in them, or each book. Ha- oh, okay. Because yeah. I always thought each book had a different story, but I guess not. No, I think uh, they all have the same stuff. Yeah, and she but gave are they six all handwritten? I don't she know. Can I can imagine the same that story would be... seven times. Then again, yeah. she did sign two thousand books per. It's just reading, so. Yeah, yeah, she really likes. But um, that just that's what confused me. Just the terms. Like handwritten items, I was like, well, Whoa. yeah, but um, I assume that just as opposed to typed, so they can sort of have a copy of her handwriting, and you know, yeah. Um, well, sorry, I'm just reading what's on J.K. Rowling's website right now. I don't think she says, I. Oh yeah, well she yeah. I therefore decided to handwrite a limited number of copies of the Tales of Beetle the Bard. So, wow. yeah. and They're probably not that long. Yeah, and she said each has a dedication. Well, no, so. I, I assume, yeah. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, do you guys think, though, that we'll no. be seeing these, uh, assuming we, assuming somebody with... No. Like, do you think we'll ever see them? 
No, because she gave six of them away, and yeah. she's auctioning well, one. Well, somebody else. Um, I was just reading on. I think it was it wasn't ABC.com. It was just one of the news sites said J.K. Rowling to publish first Harry Potter, first non-Potter book. Actually, that was AOL. It said J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that was a very misleading title. That was incredibly that misleading. That was like, what the heck? Because it says you know J.K. to publish first non-Potter book, and I'm like, first of all, you know, it's not even published. There's only seven copies in the world, and it's like, wow. You know, I'm just completely, the news is just completely wrong and misleading in this case. Right. As it very often right. is. This yeah. is just another example. I mean, they say first non-Potter book, yeah. and I'm like, wow, is this really a non-Potter book to begin with? I mean, that's debatable, because I think the stories are, I mean, babbity rabbity and her cackling stuff. <laughs> I would pay yeah. 62 million pounds, just, or 62,000 pounds to read that, but. I'm sure they're going to be very clever. Um, I, I would, I would really enjoy seeing this. Um, okay, so one more news item that we want to touch on. We don't really want to get into because at this point it is semi-controversial. But um, as many people have been hearing, J.K. Rowling and W.B. both have filed a lawsuit uh, on a, over a companion book that basically is an entire encyclopedia to the Harry Potter novels. Um, this is coming from the Harry Potter Lexicon, hp-lexicon.org, which uh, is a great it, it's a great resource for Harry Potter content. I mean, it, characters, uh, timelines, uh, yeah, and I mean, Joe said that she's used it to check facts before too. Yeah, she's called it her natural home. I mean, she was a huge fan of it, and you know, Steve Vanderark has a uh, great reason to brag about it. I mean, it's very complex. It's very in depth. Um, it's a very, very, very good resource. However, <laughs> um, as it turns out, uh. The creator, Steve Van Dark, had decided to turn it into a book. And the understanding, the general consensus is that it's basically the book that's going to be released is basically a entire copy of the website printed. So, of course, this raises concerns over trademarks and copyrights, because how can you write a Harry Potter encyclopedia without using WB's trademarks? I mean, WB owns all Harry Potter words. Like, we couldn't sell MuggleCast t-shirts because, <laughs> because we were in violation of these copyrights just by having the word muggle on our shirts, even though it was Muggle cast. Um, so we're going to see how this whole story plays out. It's very interesting, and the uh, RDR Books, the publisher, is still planning on releasing this book. I am not going to lie, I will be purchasing this book, because now all this negative publicity has gotten a lot of people interested uh, in the book. What are your guys' thoughts? They can change the cover um, of the book that JKR tried to ban, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think that they're not making a very smart move by continuing to publish it. I mean, if you look at the kind of lawyers that uh, WB and J.K. Rowling are going to have, I just, I would not want to mess with See, that. My initial personally. thoughts on when I, when I heard this, I was thinking, well, it wouldn't be so bad to have a sort of, you know, definitive encyclopedia of what did happen in the books. You know, we're talking stuff that's already in the Harry Potter books that is just a, a, an easy reference guide for saying this is all the times that we saw Aberforth or all the times he was mentioned, you know, so, sort of something like that, that 
I mean, it, it would be something altogether, and on JKR's post, it, it would be something altogether different than what she was going to do with her Harry Potter encyclopedia, which, which I hate calling it that to begin with, because it would actually be just a bunch of sort of stories and, and loose ends that, that she, that never made it in the books, right? Timelines and ideas, but ones that weren't actually in the books. So Steve's book is apparently all the stuff that is in the books, you know, a compendium, a, a lexicon of sorts of, <laughs> to borrow is the title, um, of what what did happen in the books, and I thought, well, you know, th- those two things would be entirely different, and therefore they could coexist. I think the point is, is that the content that he has on the lexicon that he was planning on essentially printing in book form is free and accessible to people right. on and the there, web. But essentially, okay. what he would be doing is selling information that it's not even like he. It's not even like there's original theories embedded in it. It's that it's just strict information from the books and that's why it's a problem right and and jk rowling has specifically stated that if it was a if it was an analysis book looking at harry potter uh for example the MuggleNet book um that was not that was never in any sort of legal trouble because it wasn't an encyclopedia of sorts it was analysis of what was going to happen um it wasn't threatening anything uh jk rowling would be publishing in the future i mean that's another thing jk rowling like, when she says she's writing this encyclopedia, does she mean it's only stuff she hasn't included in the books before, or does it include everything plus the stuff we haven't heard Do you heard really before, think you know? that JKR could be, I don't want to say accurate about what she's written in the past, but I mean, she's messed up when she's written the books, sometimes, and... Yeah, but I think if she's writing an encyclopedia, she's going to reference but that books. seems kind of pointless because the books are in the, it's in the books. The information in the books is in the books. Yeah, I, I don't really think that we're going to have stuff like, in year one, Harry did this. Like, yeah. I don't think we're going to have it's that. Just, it, I, I just wonder right now how she's actually going to lay this book well, out. Well, I mean, a, a lot of people are, are saying, and this is, this is, I mean, I have people I aming me like five times every hour saying, WTF, you know, Jay, Joe is suing Steve and all sorts of stuff. Like, I mean, that, that is the thing. It is a hot issue. And that's why it was smart to mention it on here at least. Um, but you guys, I'll, I'll just, I'll just plug, uh, Leaky Cauldron has the full article of, it, it even mentions the, the lawsuit itself, all of the legal terms, and it has a timeline of itself on there of sort of the, uh, Warner Brothers trying to contact Steve and, and sort of sort this stuff out. I think you guys will find, and I'm just gonna say right now, I do actually, despite the initial feeling, I do support this lawsuit because Steve's publisher, RDR Books, are seriously, seriously stupid. They have made some seriously bad moves, com- completely, horribly wrong, rotten moves, and they're dodgy as hell. And it's just, it's absolutely, if you guys read this, seriously, just think, I mean, I, I feel bad for Steve. I think he's going to lose just because his publishers are just so dumb. Because they, they've they refused to, to give a, a, a copy, a print copy of the book to WB. They said, well, if you can't print out what's on the website, ask one of your people to show you how. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, so, yeah. so, so can they Ouch. blame Warner Brothers for thinking then that the book will be an exact print version of what's on the website and becoming more worried? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what is this all about? Money. I mean, obviously, th- this is this would this could be a big seller. I think J.K. Rowling and WB realize that. 
I mean, it's, well, it would be a great yeah. reference book to have right here when we're talking Harry Potter. Uh, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I mean, we're... But I think the problem is that she wants to write that encyclopedia to benefit charity. She doesn't, oh, she doesn't yeah. even want to keep the royalties at all. She wants to give them all to charity. No, no, no. I think I'm she saying, feels like... I'm saying the reason RDR is being such a pain about this, uh, oh, why I they're know. not giving it's up, be- is because of money. It's because well, of money. Well, they're going to oh, lose a hell of a lot of everything, not just money, but they're going to be like the guy who sold out Indiana Jones 4. They're never going to work in that town again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're just going to... I mean, I just can't believe the publisher just like reading reading the details on Leaky and reading that news post where it has all of the you know nasty things that RDR is doing. I, I feel bad for Steve, but... At the same time, his publisher has just made some very wrong moves. Like, I, I just can't believe any any publisher, any actual publisher, can be so stupid to take on Warner Brothers like this without actually offering any sort of uh, re- re- rebuffing of uh, Warner Brothers' claims. Yeah. I mean, J.K. Rowling and WB both uh, hold, I'm sure, hold some very powerful lawyers, and I think they all get what... Excuse me. I think they will get whatever they want. So, yeah, but it's not like uh, what they want is unjustified, as many people are feeling, is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is just to add to your case that RDR Books is uh, digging themselves into a deep hole. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, yeah. a hole that, you know, goes all the way down to hell. But to be honest, yeah. yeah, to be honest with you, now there's so much controversy. I'm really looking forward to checking out this book. Yeah, you, you, you know, know, like RDR, and I don't want to say I gave them the idea, but copies are probably going to surface. I mean, look at how close it is to the de- delay date. I mean, publishing date. That's the problem. See, I originally well, they said they're still going forward well, with it. They're still going forward. Uh, with Jesus, so. that, that's like such a bad idea, though. But well. I mean, anyway, it's what what does bug me a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm not taking it personally because I had nothing to do with the MongoNet book, but RDR Books published an FAQ on their website where they ask, you know, where they're addressing questions that everyone has, and they specifically uh, reference MuggleNet. One of the questions is, why do Warner Brothers and Ms. Rowling want to censor the Lexicon book when dozens of other readers' companions are on the market? And uh, RDR's response is, at the moment, books published by Penguin, Mugglenet.com, Sparknotes, Broadway, Hampton Roads, Ulysses Press, and many other publishers are in print around the world. At least 46 such books are presently available in bookstores and, libra- and libraries. Obviously, none of these books have been enjoyed by enjoined by the courts, including books that have borrowed word for word from the lexicon without the author's permission. In addition, countless magazine and newspaper articles have appeared about the Harry Potter books. Um, one question I have, uh, come to think of it, Sparknotes, um, what's the deal with Sparknotes? Do they have Sparknotes? They do, but the thing about Sparknotes is it, it, it again offers analyzation. Oh, right. And it, and it offers summaries. It's not taking direct passages from the books. It's offering summaries as a study tool. Yeah. And then you go into the symbolism section and it'll pick symbols out of the books and analyze them. So I think again, the difference here, and Joe even made this distinction on her site, is there's quite a difference between a companion novel and an encyclopedia. Because a companion novel does reference the ideas from her books, but they are purely that. They're just yeah. references. We're use writers of these books are using them in order to make inferences and opinions, whereas just taking basic facts from the books and publishing them is copyright infringement. So yeah. I think it's also. I mean, you you said that it would be great to have a you know book right next to you and sort of thing. Well, we're always at our computers when we're recording MuggleCast, so we can technically always go to lexicon.org. Mm-hmm. And the lexicon is a great site. I mean, no, really, Joe herself really loves it, I'm... which is why I'm sure this must be tearing them up because of this lawsuit. I think it yeah. really was based on 
the uh, the, the leaky timeline and stuff of the lawsuit, it was really actually a last resort of sorts because of um, RDR sort of dodging. I mean, I mean, Warner Brothers and JKR talked to the publisher and you know we're, were you know pushing a lawsuit basically and and then rdr requested a little bit of time off from, from the whole deal and took that time to turn around and sue warner brothers yeah <laughs> so rdr filed a claim against warner brothers that says that they used steve vanderark's timeline on the lexicon for one of their DVDs. Now, what do you guys think about this claim? Because I recall that timeline being on the DVDs because I hate it, but I recall it being on the DVDs. I recall. I... Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I don't really know what all specifics went into that. Um, but just thinking about it, I just how different could the two timelines be? It's the same. story. Story. I mean, I don't know. If well, no. The thing is that is that WB got it from Steve. They asked permission. We know that, but we know that for sure. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. Um. So, but I mean, that's you know, Steve gave them permission to use the timeline that he took together. He took the time to put together. Steve did not get permission from J.K. Rowling to print and make money off of. Uh, all of her information that came out of her head. Yeah. That's and I mean back know. back to the. I mean I I think there should just be like uh, I don't know what's the best way to do this. Like, do you think if if they actually do if they are able to give sort of the profits of the book to charity, do you think she'll let them publish it? I think if that's what was going to happen from I don't know. There has been no an, a, a talk about that happening though. At least yeah. not, not well, just publicly. because RDR is so stupid. Jeez, I just I'm I'm laughing at these publishers. And see, I have a I have a feeling that if there had been an intention for the royalties to go to charity, it wouldn't have blown but I'm up. I'm saying like if this, if you know? Steve could somehow, I mean, I look, I I don't know if if he is even in control of this thing. I I feel like like JKR and Steve aren't even sort of in the middle of this. I feel like their lawyers are batting at it because. Because of all the screw ups and stuff. And if you, if you read this article, it's just a big, big, big mess. And it's like, wow. You know, I, I don't even think, even if Steve wanted to sort of donate the books, uh, profits to charity, I don't think his, his contracts with his publishers would, would, would let him do it unless his publishers fell through, which JKR can probably ensure will happen. But at the same time, what does that mean for the book? Like, I didn't even know this book was coming out until it was being sued. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knew. Um, what's interesting is that J.K. Rowling on Halloween made a very suspicious post on her site saying, um, you know, uh, I really, pre- I really love fan sites. It's why I created the fan site award. Um, however, I cannot support or approve of any companion or encyclopedia books because, uh, as most of you may know, I'm working on my own encyclopedia and this would just be taking money away from charity and the ultimate losers would be the charities. Um, and nobody knew about the lexicon book at that point. So <laughs> I have to be honest, when I read that, I was like, Is I she know, talking we about were the all like, book? I know I, I am Andrew and I was like, Oh my God! Something what happened? Yeah, about to go with it, you know, down man. All the all the companion books ever are about to be pulled from people's houses. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was like, but it didn't make sense to me because she would because the book has been out for you know since what like when when what, did it come what, out? Almost, almost a year ago. No, Earlier? it was out last last Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna click the news yeah. post right now. October twenty. Oh wow! Yeah, it's been just over a year. Um. Yeah, so, you know, we were all thinking that, and then I was thinking, what other websites have a book? 
And of course, uh, as is well known, Melissa and Ellie over at Leaky is working on her book, but it's not a companion book or an encyclopedia. It's an analysis of the fandom. And I also know that a couple of Wizard Rockers are working on their own books. But that's not analysis or companion or encyclopedia book either. So, or no, sorry, uh, an encyclopedia or companion book. So, you know, it had us worried about MuggleNet a bit, uh, but hey, we're, we're all good now. <laughs> Cause we know it's Steve. But, um, look, honestly guys, I mean, and there are other companion novels and this is what sort of people do after, I mean, there are other companion novels. I just think that, that the, why JKR has allowed them and not this is, in in many reasons, I mean, I I heard it described as, uh, you know, we do certain, and it's it's actually J.K.R. wrote this that um some of the you know these alpha analysis as opposed to sort of uh concise um material directly quoted from the books because R.D.R. publishers have not you know given Warner Brothers a single reason to believe that the book won't infringe on copyright because they wouldn't give them a copy to review beforehand because they wouldn't you know even answer any of their claims. Uh, and then turned around and tried to sue them back. Uh, it, it's just, it's really, it's seeming and very openly, blatantly that Jake, uh, Steve will be, um, enforcing, uh, or sorry, infringing on copyright. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we'll leave it at that for now. We'll see how this story plays out. We weren't really sure whether or not to talk about this because the story's still unfolding and all that, but, um, I think we addressed it. Yep. Fair early, enough. So. So, with that said, wow, ha is right. Wow is right. True. Uh, we have um, a muggle. We have mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Right. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Muggle mail. Muggle. We have oh, announcements for us. Oh. Mm. Announcements. God, we didn't even do those. <laughs> yeah, there really aren't. You know, it's sort of the same thing every week now. But hey, hey, here's a new thing. Uh, it's a new month. It's now November. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, it's the worst month ever. Why is November the worst well, month ever? Because it's cold. It's dreary. You have to eat turkey with your family. <laughs> it's at the, oh, it gets that's dark so really horrible. early. You poor baby. Not, not here, oh, it doesn't, Andrew. I'll tell you bad. that. It's, it's almost summer here. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Well, whether it's dark or not, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. We ask for your vote of support once a month, so we're high up there. Over at uh, Podcast Alley, which a lot of news media outlets check out when they want to get, uh, want to see who is popular in po- uh, podcasting. And uh, with your guys' support, we have been up there, so thank you very much. Also, MuggleCast ringtones are for sale, and uh, they're the only thing WB hasn't ceased and desist us for yet. <laughs> so make sure you check those out. Uh, they go to support the show. And, uh, you know, we're trying to save up some money for future podcasting events. Oh, and also of note, Hedwig's theme, the opening, the rocked out, cracked out Hedwig's theme is now available. Now, now, now who's the artist uh, who wrote that? Isn't it Advanced Potion Making? Yes, it's uh, Kenneth. And he agreed to allow us to put it up. So we thank him mucho maximo. Mm. Um, so check those out if you want them on your telefono. So, no Verizon support. We'll work on that. So eventually. now, Butterbeer by the Keg. That was last week's show. Is that correct, Andrew? Yes. Um, What was our... Now, it sounds kind of ominous, like Butterbeer by the Keg. But butter and 
Because you've got your butter, you've got your... But what was that show actually about? Weren't you on it? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to lead in. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, well, it was about Dumbledore being gay, and of course we got a, a lot of feedback about it. Um, we, you know, a lot of people liked that show. A lot of people said it was the yeah. best show we've ever done. <laughs> and Thanks, guys. Wow. I guess... Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. We're glad everyone enjoyed it a lot. Um, at the same time, we also did get some negative feedback, but the positive feedback far outweighed it. Uh, people like that we were speaking in a more mature ma- manner. We had a, uh, we were treating the show a little more adult-like because we were talking about adult topics, and they were glad we were talking about that. And at the same time, throwing a few funnies in there. Uh, some people didn't like those funnies, but uh, <laughs> over overall, the general consensus was it was one of our best shows. Uh, so we did get a lot of feedback. Uh, the first email addresses uh, something else other than double door being gay. Uh, this comes from Alyssa, 16, from Wisconsin. She says, hey, guys, love the podcast. I'm just writing because in episode 117, you were arguing about how Ron could know how to say the word open in parcel tongue when he only heard Harry say it in the second year, but actually he heard Harry say open in the seventh book when he was telling the locket to open. Also, during the seventh book, Ron kept showing signs of being good at imitating people's voices, such as when they were in the Malfoy's dungeon, and he imitated Wormtail's voice. This is what I kept trying to tell you guys, and I kept getting cut off Because you weren't articulate enough, Laura. Now, Now that you've got your reference in book seven, you can blow us away. Well, sorry, Laura. You just, I mean, you just didn't, because, like, I forgot that this had happened, obviously, in book seven, so, I mean, if you would have told me that it... I was like, but, I was like, but wait, didn't he imitate? And then everyone's like, no, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we're wrong. I was, no, I was wrong. <laughs> Laura, I was wrong. You were correct. You are wrong. I, you, you were correct, and that, um, Ron is good at imitating voices, or at least Wormtails. Um, well, you live with a rat for 11 years, you know, you think you'd be able to imitate his voice, but anyway, yeah, um... I still don't think I still think we should have seen the Chamber of Secrets and that Harry should have gone down. And that'll just be my opinion always, uh in that whole thing. That that just Ron and Hermione going down and sort of the backstory was not good enough for me. Um which is fine. It doesn't have to be. But that's that's always gonna be my opinion. Sort of whether or not mm-hmm. Um, and then we got another email here, Heather seventeen of Singapore. She wrote oh, about uh, our main discussion I, um, last week. Should I read this? <laughs> Alright, next, uh, next rebuttals from Heather, age 17, from Singapore, and subject is wrong information from MuggleCast117. She says, Hello, you mentioned in MuggleCast117 that it's illegal to be gay in Singapore. It isn't illegal to be gay in Singapore, but it is illegal to engage in gay relations. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, great show. <laughs> so let, let me clarify, it's not illegal to be gay in Singapore, but it's illegal to be to engage in relations, guys. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that same law has been in effect in a few states in the U.S. Well, too, no, I think it's, it's different, just, because I've actually like, heard, there was a story of some Australian kid who got caned for doing something like that. I mean... Yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, they're basically saying, oh, you're allowed to be gay, but you can't engage in any sort of sexual relation. Like, I don't know. It's it's just yeah. a stupid. Well, thing. at any rate, it's uh, it's I I think Singapore is it's pretty there. strict. <laughs> I think I think I think so. That's really strange. But thank you for clarifying, Heather. Okay, so we got some other feedback. Uh, a lot of people had things to say about uh, Christianity, or at least what you know our our response to Christianity, and um, 
a lot of people got the wrong impression, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a few people did. We talked a lot about the Bible last week, especially Leviticus. Um, those of you, those those Christians who um, are, fuck, what am I trying to say here? Um, those Christians who reference the New Testament, we weren't referring to them. We're talking about the more fanatical Christians who abide by the Old Testament. And even though we know the Old Testament isn't, it is really used mainly for study now, um, there are still a lot of people out there who try to reference those rules in order to get their own um, issues with homosexuality put up on a higher pedestal, I think. I mean, do you guys agree? Like, I feel like that even though... Um, even though Leviticus isn't supposed to be viewed as anything more than historical at this point, from at least that's the impression I've gotten, um, it seems like a lot of people try to use old traditions in order to prove that homosexuality is wrong. And those were the people we were referring to. Yeah. Not, not people, not Christians who are accepting of homosexuals. We weren't talking about you at all. Right. Yeah, I, that's... Well put, and was I our believe. consensus that if you don't support homosexuality, you are, by rule of thumb, immature? No, I mean, listen, <laughs> this podcast is a very opinion op- opinionated podcast. I mean, that's all we do is speak our own thoughts on everything. So it shouldn't have really come to a surprise to everyone when we were talking about it with our own opinions. I do ho- see how some Christians may have become upset. I'll go – I mean, I'm Christian. A lot of people – We've got some emails saying none of you guys are Christian. I'm Christian, however, I'll be honest and say I'm not up on uh, the Bible and how to interpret uh, what was said in the Bible with today's current, uh, you know, how we all live today. So with that said, you know, again, this is a very opinionated podcast, and if you have different opinions, that's fine. You know, we're just getting ours out there. That's, you know, you listen to the show for our opinions and news. I, I think a lot of Christian, um, oh, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? Um, divisions, uh, or, or I think a lot of, um, a lot of Christian groups are of the policy live and let live though. And that was the whole thing, you know, accept God's love and, and, you know, God loves everyone sort of, um, the same. And it, it's just, uh, you know, live and let live, uh, of that thing. And I mean, I was, I was raised Catholic. I'm, I'm Catholic actually. And so I, I sort of know, I mean, I, I, I know a lot about, uh, this religion thing, at least from the Catholic standpoint. And I know they don't support, um, gays, but they do things to little boys. So, I mean, it, it's just, it, and religion is just, and using your religion to, to, to ban practices and say that you, you know, certain people are, just, you know, are just going to go to hell. Uh, you know, that's not really, I don't think that's very productive. Yeah. And there seemed to be a misconception that we were saying that if you are adverse to homosexuality, you must be a Christian. That's not what we were saying. Um, and we weren't saying the opposite either. We weren't saying that all Christians are adverse to homosexuality. But what we were saying is that if you look at the main, um, the main if you look at the main group of people who are against gay rights, especially in America, they do tend to be Christians, albeit they are... Uh, but you know what that is, Laura? Extremists. They are extremist Christians, but we're not saying that's that all stereotype Christians are that is what way. You're, saying. What? you're creating a stereotype. It's not... A, no, no, no. I'm not saying that all people who are against gay rights are Christians. I'm saying that 
the majority of people who do protest gay rights tend to and, be and extremists. And use it for religious purposes because that seems to be the best reason for them to. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and this all relates back, guys, because we are talking about Dumbledore being gay and sort of its effect on the Harry Potter fandom is is sort of what the reason why we were talking about all this, you know, heated sexual politics and stuff. Um, but I mean, we have a few responses as well about Dumbledore and um, sort of how that affects uh, the books in the fandom still. Um, yeah. You guys? I guess, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get to them now. Um, the first one is seven uh, is from Stephanie, 19 of Illinois. Uh, she writes about all of this. She says, okay, while listening to episode 117, I heard reference to an email from a Christian listener responding to J.K. Rowling's revelation about Dumbledore's sexuality. I myself am a Christian, but my personal views on homosexuality are very different from that listener. I have friends who are gay. My relationship with them most definitely did not change when they, quote-unquote, came out. What my religious beliefs are don't factor into how I relate to them or how I view them in any way, shape, or form. Likewise, my views on Dumbledore underwent no sort of change, though, as Eric said, I'd prefer not to think of him as sexual at all. This would have been the same if Joe had suddenly revealed that he was in love with McGonagall instead of Grindelwald. I would also agree with that. Also on this topic, I was having a conversation with my raised-in-a-conservative-Jewish-home stepmother, and she told me something interesting. As pertains to the Old Testament of the Bible, the problem that the Bible has with homosexuality is similar to the problems it has with contraception. It's more than a man... It's more that a man would be wasting his seed, if you will, than Hmm. anything. At any rate, views like the ones voiced by the other listener just piss me off. Dumbledore, Dumbledore being gay has nothing significant to do with his part in the series. It's merely something interesting about the man himself. Oh, he's gay. Should She could have said anything else about him, and my ultimate reaction would have been the same. I am sorry, though, that he had to be in love with someone like Grindelwald. Not because he's a guy, just because he's, well... Yeah, we did say that. It was tragic. Pickles, yeah. etc. Steph. So that was a good email. Yeah. That was a very um, good email. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree. Just Grindelwald is sad that Dumbledore is so, f- I mean, is in love with somebody so flawed, um, and obviously evil, and that Dumbledore has to suffer that when when he ends up killing his sister. So that that's, you know, that's really messed up. Next email from Eric's buddy Eric with a K. <laughs> next email, uh, next Muggle mail comes from Eric, age thirty five, from Los Angeles. Um, he says, I commend JK for her creative decision to make Dumbledore gay. Fits perfectly with their story and helps us understand the tragic hero that much more. But the outing of Dumbledore raises some questions. I disagree that she was using this as a way to stand up for gay rights. To me, it was her revealing her creative process. If she truly was standing up for gay rights, a better choice might have been one of the Weasley boys, Cedric, or even Crumb. They had a mother and a father and or a pretty normal childhood. It is very interesting to me that she used a character with a horrible home life to be gay. His brother did God knows what's with goats. Mother and father weren't supportive and subsequently killed. Those ridiculously ignorant people out there would say, see, gay is a choice or is a byproduct of a messed up childhood. Do you guys feel this was the best choice of characters if the point was to promote gay activism? Hmm. And that's the end of the... I don't think... I don't think the... It's kind of hard to specify on this front, but I don't know that she was specifically trying to promote gay activism so much as just show that people are different. And that we're not different by choice, that there are things about us that we don't have control over. And a lot of the time you'll hear writers talk about their characters as though they don't have complete control over them. You know how writers will say, like, my character wanted to do this, or I couldn't stop my character from doing that. Whenever I think of it in 
those terms, it makes me think that maybe Dumbledore just came to her gay. Like, that she didn't choose his sexuality. He just was that way. And it wasn't going to be right for her to try and change that just for the story, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as J.K. Rowling has said herself, she didn't see this as being a big deal. She has always thought this, allegedly, in the back of her head, but uh, she never saw a need to release it because she didn't think it was going to get the the unfortunately the press that it got um and also the reaction from fans i think you're right though i think if you read in between the lines i think joe one of joe's intentions may have been to make people who aren't so much for homosexuality realize that hey you know anyone can be gay and it doesn't really change them i mean dumbledore wasn't wasn't um what some may say would be like a stereotypical gay person. Like, you know, people will go back and read the books and try to find signs that suggest that he's gay, but you won't find a yeah. single one. Well, I mean, so, I, and I, I um, thought that this was, this was particularly clever because, um, he said, well, if you want to sort of support it a little bit more, you should make one of the Weasley kids gay, um, or sort of thing, like to bring that, but, but that issue again, and this is something that hides on the outskirts of the fandom. It's not really, I mean, you know, besides fan fiction, it's actually sex of any sort, even between Harry and Ginny, is completely not even alluded to. Unless you support the yeah. book seven that Ginny did more than kiss him, which I heard, but is complete, you know, non-canon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's yep. keep moving along now, though. Uh, we have another email from Kimberly Lai. 12 of Singapore, what? another Singapore email. You know, we do have a, we, we do have a good, uh, following at Singapore, I have to say. We seem like we get a lot of emails. I don't podcast in Singapore. These people might be caned for listening to us, so we should be extra yeah. sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kimberly writes, Dear MuggleCast, the recent news about Albus Dumbledore being gay had not much impact on me as I didn't really think that it was that important. After all, Joe was asked a question and hence she answered it truthfully. I praise her for that. I really didn't mind. But now, my mom and dad found out about that and are really mean about it. As we are a Christian family, my parents really, well, aren't really rally supportive of really supportive of gays. I myself think it's against my morals, but bear no grudge against gays, but I really don't know what to say. Now, my parents are thinking of banning the books from me, and I really don't know what to do. I really have to find a way to convince them that Joe is not sick, and that Harry Potter does not go against the Bible. Please help! Anyway, love the show, and keep up the good work. Love, Kimberly. This goes back to a segment we did a long time ago called Advice with MuggleCast. Uh, I think it was just me and Ben, or Ben and I, and... Uh, we we did it for a little bit, but it was just the same questions over and over again. But this is a new one, so this is good. Um, what what what? I'm interested to hear what you guys think. What what should she tell her parents? Well, Joe herself actually said that there is a lot of um, there are a lot of references to Christianity in the books. I mean, it's really kind of hard to escape that, especially with a British book. You know, like yeah. the quotes on the on the tombstones at Godric's Hollow were from the Bible. And there are a lot of comparisons that can be made between Harry's story and the story of Christ. So I think that maybe if you presented some of those to your parents, so you're that saying presenting might Harry's help. tale as a tale of sacrifice um, um, to be much aligned with Christ's? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And even, even just the good morals of Harry Potter, whether they're related to the Bible and Christianity or not, whether they're, you uh, know, obviously, they're just good Laura, morals. Obviously, Laura, saying, that the, if that, saying that the book has morals, with them already knowing that Dumbledore is gay, obviously doesn't seem like it 
is a valid claim if if the, your parents are biased. I guess. Well, I mean, the thing is, if your parents are completely biased against the gay thing, you might. And, and I mean, it sounds like they are. You might have a problem if you can't convince them that there are other themes in the book that are worthy. I'm not saying that she needs to convince her parents that they need to change their views on homosexuality because that's their prerogative. I don't agree with it, but I mean, I'm not going to tell them what to do. But maybe if you can present some other morals in the book that they can agree with. Um, if anything, I am always an advocate of you should, you know, you're if you can read it and you can understand it, you should be allowed to read it. So I don't know um, if you have access to a library, but and, and I'm not trying to promote people disobeying their parents, but I really think it's wrong for people to try and censor books yeah. from their children. Mm. No, and well said. But I mean, I, I think it's also important to point out that this Dumbledore thing is extra canoniness, extra, like it's outside of the books, like... This is something Joe threw in after the books have been written, and whereas people are now going back and trying to find some proof or evidence, it's nothing, in my opinion, there will be nothing definitive, because uh, the it's ambiguous in the books. Dumbledore, just because she said she always saw the character as gay, you can't prove that by any of his actions in the books, with the exception of the letter exactly. that he wrote to Grindelwald, you might see more into it, but Dumbledore never abused Harry, never had any of the, you know, never... And we talked about this last week. It's just, it's, it's unfounded. So, whereas, uh, JKR, it, it's nothing for your parents to worry about because it's not, that, JKR's opinion did not affect the books. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. That would be the first thing I would tell my parents if that were the case. And finally, an email from Michelle Forty of Texas. She writes, hey guys, so can we please move on? Great point! Dumbledore is gay. It is not a major part of the HP story, and I am a HP fan. If I wanted to debate and argue about important philosophical and political ideas in the real world, this is not the podcast I would be listening to. By the way, if you are looking for another character that is possibly gay, I say Wormtail is a safe bet. Okay, now Michelle. <laughs> if you want us to stop talking about it, why would you bring up another point for us to discuss? I don't get that. Stop talking about it. But if you want to talk about another character that's gay... If, if you guys down. are going to be um, f- philosophical, I wouldn't... And see, the thing is, I don't I don't think that it was unfounded that we talked about oh, the philosophical he, and political yeah, ideas. Yeah, I, I do disagree with that it, point. Because <laughs> it, it completely relates to what's going on in the world. People and who I don't listen see to this show were looking to us saying, what do you guys make of this? What are we going to think? You know, I mean... Right. And it relates to Harry Potter completely. Um, I'm just... But uh, she... You know, a lot of people... I, at this point, we'll stop talking about it unless something new yeah. develops. I'm sure we're going to get a million more emails about it. Uh, I will say we have been getting a ton, a ton of feedback. I don't think we've ever gotten this much feedback about a particular show, ever. Um, every time yeah. I check the MuggleCast inbox, you know, we're literally, literally getting a new email every like ten minutes about you know something, something else that we said, um, and they're they're adding up. We're getting quite a few. So. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your feedback. We have been going through all of it. Fortunately, we do not have the time to uh, reply to all of it and put it on the show. Otherwise, we would could do another 200 episodes. So, just so guys, it. is Wormtail gay? But thank you, everyone. What's, <laughs> this is, this, I mean, Michelle um, asked us a question. We have a right to answer it. You know, we have a sort of responsibility. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> why does ah, – I think this is unfa- – this is not – Wormtail, why? Just because he's – Jeez, uh, he they, he's bullied a lot, but then that that goes with what one of the other rebuttals was saying. You know, are you going to say that uh, gayness only comes from those who are bullied, or you know what? I'm just, you know, yeah, that was my thing. I'm just like, like seriously, I. 
There's nothing found. I mean, as much as we try to analyze other characters to see if they're gay, we're never going to know because there's no hints of any sort of homosexuality in the books. No, None whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't think topic. he'd be that great with girls, but it doesn't mean he's gay. It just means he's kind of pathetic and wouldn't be. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we don't have any voicemails this week, and we don't really have a main discussion because there was more news and things to discuss from last week. However, uh, we're going to start our second new se- segment today. It's called Pickle Crime Stories. Uh, a few of you emailed this in. Um, it's, it, uh, this email in particular came in from Christy McGuire, 22, of West Chance, West Westchester. West oh, my God. Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, she found this article on Comcast.net, and uh, it's been making the rounds all over the internet. Man gets probation in pickle assault out of Niles, Michigan. Talk about being in a pickle. A judge gave a 35-year-old man probation in a case that police said involved an assault with pickles. According to police reports, the pickle problems began when Bobby Lee Bolin... Bobby Lee Bolin like of Buchanan. Name, Bobby Lee Bolin... <laughs> of Buchanan, I was hanging out at Buchanan. his then-friend Jody Lee's home in Buchanan on August 20th. Bolin went to the refrigerator and helped himself to some pickles. He must have been listening to MuggleCast at the time. According to the report, Lee told Bolin, Bolin he couldn't afford to feed everyone and not to eat his pickles. Bolin then began yelling and swearing and stormed out, according to the report. Later, Bolin barged back into the house and got into, the, into an argument with Lee. Lee told police Bolin slammed him down on the couch and then threw two large pickles at him and said, Here's your damn pickles! Bolin also shoved former pre- former friend J.W. Romanski III and beat Lee with a telephone when he tried to call 911, according to the report. Two counts involving Bolin's assaults were dismissed, as was a charge of cutting or interfering with phone lines. Uh, a court judge was quoted as saying, If this is not the silliest case I've ever seen in this courtroom, it is certainly in the top ten. The fact that it's silly doesn't mean that it's not serious. Defense attorney Robert Lutz said alcohol appeared to be at the root of Bolin's problems. Bolin's sentence included 54 days in jail with credit for 54 days served and one year Something Judge Judy would kick ass debating. Oh my gosh. You hit me with pickles. (laughs) Your pickles? What the pickles? (laughs) Um, Interesting. Very interesting story out of Niles, Michigan. Just goes to show you some people and their pickles. (laughs) Here at MuggleCast, we are fully supportive of using pickles in any As way, As weapons or form. and defensive objects. Boomerangs, even. Uh, what, what are the... Or funny promotional items. Or, or catchphrases. Catch yeah, especially catchphrases. Hmm. Seen? Yeah. Pickles. pickles. Um, the quilted fickle pickle. Okay. Upper. So I think we'll wrap up the show today with Chicken Soup Earthquake Whoa. Edition. Okay, this comes from Anna Luna, 13, from San Jose, California. She writes, Dear MuggleCasters, around 8.15 on the night of Tuesday the 30th, I was listening to MuggleCast episode 49 while sitting on my bed and doing my history homework. All of a sudden, my bed started shaking. My dad is redoing the garage right now, and I share a wall with the garage, so I simply thought that he was sliding something against the wall. But then I heard my mom running in the room across from me, and heard her, and I heard her shout, Earthquake! And then watched as she ran to stand in a doorway. It was one of the scariest moments of my life, running to my doorway, clutching my iPod in my hand. Then I ran outside. Luckily, nothing too heavy fell in my room, and none of my family was hurt during the 5.6 earthquake. Thank you, MuggleCast, for being there for me during one of the scariest moments of my life. I'm forever thankful. (laughs) Love, Anna Luna. So... That was nice. I'm glad. It's <laughs> <laughs> it very scary, this whole earthquake thing. 
Um, now, speaking of scary guys, uh, we have, this isn't, I mean, we got, we missed, we missed Halloween because Halloween wasn't on a Sunday this year. Oh yeah, we should have talked about it. Or yeah, we should well, talk about it. Well, we still can because it's only an hour in. And, yeah. you know. So, what was everyone for Halloween? Eric? Well, I ended up just blickling in, for Pickle Pack, uh, in an orange and black shirt. So, so I was, a uh, personification of the popular Halloween colors for Halloween. And I must say that that was the most spaced out I've ever been for Halloween, the most obscure topic, because last year I was Peter Pan, and the year before that I was Luke Skywalker, and the year before that I was um, something else. But, um, yeah, so basically I, I didn't dress up because I had no parties to go to, no friends, so I, I had um, I, I had an orange and black shirt on, and you guys can see... <laughs> And I did three blickles in that, so that was that was pretty cool. But that that's that's what I did for Halloween. Cool, Laura. What were you for Halloween? I actually um, did not do anything on Halloween. I handed out candy from my dorm room. But um, actually, I'm in a seminar class right now for first year students called Horror and Fiction and Film. And our professor actually took us to his house and had a murder mystery dinner uh, on Monday, and I was a maid. I thought you were more specifically. <laughs> what I thought you were going to say you were what? amazed. <laughs> you were a maid. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was a maid, and uh, I was unfortunately not the killer in the dinner party. I was very disappointed. Aww. Who died? I wanted to be the killer. Um, the it was a dinner based around the idea of like being on a movie set of a horror film, and uh, the person who died was like the big main actor behind it, and so they're all trying to figure out who did it. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. You mean who done it? Yeah. Well, I was um, Hillary Clinton for Halloween. <laughs> Were you really? Yes. <laughs> um, I, but I was Hillary Clinton with a manly touch. I um I didn't really like I had time to go to the costume store and get the Hillary Clinton mask, but then I also got this like pimp hat, like it was a yellow and pink like <laughs> felt hat. And um uh so I so and then I showed up with uh, I got this necklace too, but it was way too long. And I did all that and I wore a sweater vest and some nice jeans and I went to a Halloween party where I got completely um Candy. I had a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. and I completely showered with candy and then <laughs> and then um yeah that was it oh so when I walked into this Halloween party <laughs> I walked in I was like a couple hours late because I was actually seeing Order of the Phoenix that night too uh, they were playing it at my school so I walked in and everyone was like Hillary and I gave everyone a like a presidential wave you know when you sort of like cup your hands and you, or what is that, the yeah. queen wave or something? Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I did that for, but then I couldn't breathe under the mask or see anything, so I took it off right away. Um, so that, that was it. That was it. That was my Halloween. Um, was anyone, everyone may remember that a couple of years ago, we, uh, had, uh, the, my listener challenge was to dress up as me for Halloween, but I don't think anyone did that this year. Someone did it in my school, but not, not a listener. <laughs> Someone at your school. Your school has a cult really? following. One of its clubs is the Andrew Sims fan group, and it's at yeah. your school. And all the it underclassmen is. still is. dress like you, yeah. yeah. So it is. But you, um, were, you were Harry Potter for Halloween, weren't you, last year? Yes. That was I funny. was, and I was going to be Harry Potter again this year, but I couldn't get my costume in time, so. Yeah. I mean, I could have just done that, but I figured that'd be a cop-out, so. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, someone else told me if I was, especially again, 
And Eric, I sure, I'm sure you, you're like Harry Potter every day. You're walking around in that cloak. Yeah, everywhere I go. Do you remember when we were in London? And Eric walked around and, in his cloak. Yeah, and we were we were just sitting there like, did he see us? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when was that? When was that? I'm forgetting that. When we, it was like when we first got to the hotel. Oh yeah, when we first got to the hotel, <laughs> Jamie and Laura and I are checking in. And you know, this kid with a Hogwarts cloak walks in, and I won't be—I I won't lie, Eric. We were sort of embarrassed. We didn't really want to associate <laughs> ourselves with you, um, yeah. and, given that what you were wearing. Right. Um, so, so we ignored. We pretended to, we were waiting to check in, and we were having problems checking in because of like a credit card issue. Um, and we were like, "Oh my god! Hopefully, he doesn't see us and walks over to us, and it's going to look like we're even crazier." Not to mention our credit card's not working, but. We have this guy walking around with a cloak with us, but apparently you didn't see us. Yeah, well, it was funny because that same guy, the bellman or or, or um, the valet guy, uh, who also did the valet, now he was at the um, at the desk for holding your bags. So if you were waiting to check in, as I was, because I arrived at the hotel probably like two three hours before um, the mo- the other Mogul casters were were due in, and so I I had a I had a bit of time to kill, and it was really hot, and I was like, well, okay, so I have nothing to do. I'm going to go down and check out Waterstones. And so I did. And there were all these fans in there. I was like, wow. So I'm going to go back to the hotel, and I'm going to change. So I used the back room, sort of back elevator area uh, to grab my suitcase, where all, all the suitcase was. And I asked the guy, I said, well, you know, what's the best thing, you know, what's the best way to do it? And he's like, okay, well, I'll just put you back here and just, you know, change whatever you need. And so well, there was a bathroom. There was a bathroom in the lobby, There too. was a bathroom, but there was something that prevented me from using it. It was just, so I was in the back with the suitcases, and I put on my robes. And, and meanwhile, the guy's like, waiting, right, waiting for me. And I'm just like, That's putting the weird. socks and the, the, undershirt and the vest and the tie and the cloak and the wand and the yeah so i'm getting it all together and he, he keeps checking back he's like what are you doing i'm like I, well i'm in this you know I, so i burst out right into the into this robes into the, like the lobby of this hotel and no one cared no one looked so i assumed i was uh invisible um when oh. you guys came in so i'm sure they're used to it in london i feel uh, like yeah really that's know. gonna well there's probably a lot of American tourists La- that La- come. What upsets and- me is right before we left, I did run into nine and three quarters, but the video never, never really caught, and we had to, we had to. Yeah, I had to take that video like three <laughs> times. I did it three times too, and my toe freaking hurt. I broke my <laughs> toe doing that, and I, I don't have video yeah. of it because I, I, I was unimpressed with how I did it the first time, and then the other two times the video didn't take. So, yeah, my bad. Yeah, well, anyway, do it so, again. So, um. Yeah, so that was our Halloween. Mm. And Halloween's just not that exciting when you're older, you know? It's not the not It the should same be thing. though. Like honestly, like Halloween people should not let Halloween die. People you know, there was talk about Halloween be you know, dying. Everybody now is creepy in the world and you get, you know, sort of tainted candy and I don't know many parents that take their kids trick-or-treating and stuff anymore like I still think it should be a oh, big there's deal plenty. there's plenty there's plenty there's plenty of them yeah, yeah. awesome because um, the whole thing with my neighborhood was everybody grew up you know so there were no more kids so the parents never took them around anymore and you know that was just sort of thing like all the people in my neighborhood moved in around the same time and had kids about the same age which was great but now it's obviously so it's a little bit less you know popular for Halloween yeah so that's what I'm noticing well, hey, um, I think that's about it for us today. I have, I have a bunch of studying to do tonight. Come on, no, me too. Eight thirty on a Friday night. What else would Laura be doing? 
But sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me just take a second Whoa. to defend myself here. No, let's no, not. No, no, That's no, too much time. We're we running over time, Laura. Cool. We got it. Yeah, got to got to edit out. Running We're out of time. time. Hey, Laura. Uh, what what is the PO box if you uh, people want to send us some parcel mail? It's PO box thirty one fifty one, Cumming, Georgia three zero zero two eight. Thank you, Laura. Say no more for us of the show. You can also call in a voicemail, question, comment, or listener rebuttal. Uh, just use one of our three numbers. If you're in the United States, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. And if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double six eight. There's also the Skype username MuggleCast. You can just download Skype for free over at Skype.com and give us a call. It's a free internet telephony, so it's wonderful. You can also visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us, or you can uh, use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Don't forget our community outlets. We have MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, Coming Soon, Forums, and The Fan Listing. You can also dig the show at dig.com, but for us once a month at Podcast Alley and review us at Yahoo Podcast. <laughs> oh, just a small thought. Um... Before we wrap up today, since we won't, since we're gonna try to hang off the Dumbledore's gay stuff from now on, I mean, we'll still include an email to, or two, but don't fill up the email box and voicemail box with just that kind of stuff. You know, we could talk about more things that J.K. Rowling said at the reading. We're open to doing that. No pun intended. And you know, so some general feedback would be nice. General questions, comments, main discussions would be nice. And. I believe that's it for this week's episode. Next week, maybe we'll come back with some voicemails. Maybe. And, uh, some, some fun, some more fun content. Uh, we're trying to get Jamie back on the show. Uh, there is a good chance that his internet, well, I won't say good chance. There is a chance that his internet is working, is capable of doing the podcast from his dorm at Durham. So, uh, We'll continue working on that. Maybe he'll be back because we still haven't heard what he thinks about this whole Dumbledore's gay situation. Although nobody seems to care anymore. So, God, yeah. it's amazing how much people care one week and then the next week. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, we, we just talk them out. I think. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Completely fair enough. Maybe I'll add a poll. Maybe the, the, we'll update the poll and just ask if people are bored of it, just out of curiosity. Well, I, I would wait a week. Wait until next week's show comes out. And then yeah, wait until we release this one, <laughs> so we don't know that nobody wants to listen to this yeah. week's show. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to our transcribers for transcribing these shows every week. Uh, thanks to everyone. Thank you everyone. Most importantly, thanks to transcribers. Thanks to the listeners. That's so sweet. Well, because we'd be nothing without both of us. Thank you everyone. Happy it's Halloween. True. Oh, do you guys like pumpkin pumpkin pie? You guys like? Hey, we don't no. we don't thank the transcribers and then keep talking more. You don't. It's a bad idea. Like. Pumpkin pie. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Who doesn't like pumpkin pie? They're gonna pie? come kill I us tonight. I love pumpkin night. pie. No, no, I love pumpkin pie too. Oh, yeah, okay. we can. Next week's main discussion will be pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Okay, so once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I am Eric Skull. And I'm Laura Thompson. We will see everyone next week for episode 119. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>